It's the two megastars summer mashup. The awesome iPhone on the Rockstar Metro PCS Network. Get the iPhone you've always wanted for zero dollars so you can jam without limits. It's a hit. Get an iPhone SE on us when you switch. Metro PCS. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax and $10 activation fee. Requires port of number not currently active on T-Mobile Network or on Metro PCS in past 90 days to an unlimited LTE plan. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Most writers and radio show hosts know that to connect with your fans, you need to do more than just write books or record the latest podcasts. There are many different elements that go into forming an online platform, but there are also many hidden traps. To make matters worse, solid advice on how to survive the muddy waters is scarce. In the book Hidden Traps, I talk about some of the important issues of working with an online platform, highlighting traps that could put your physical or internet security at risk, or be harmful to your reputation. Are your social media posts just links with a few disjointed words making you look like someone who can't complete a sentence? Did your new website cost you more than you anticipated? Are you leaking your personal contact details across the web without even knowing it? Then you need Hidden Traps. Hidden Traps is now available in paperback and ebook from a variety of retailers, including Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo. Visit blackwolfpublications.com for more details. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just text FINANCE, F-I-N-A-N-C-E, to 357 right now to get started. That's FINANCE, F-I-N-A-N-C-E, to 357 Auto financing the easy way. Text FINANCE to 357 KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. Everyone loves liberty. Our rights come from God, not the government. So why are you letting other people tell you what's best for your health care? Exercise your freedom with Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is a community of people who voluntarily share one another's medical costs. Liberty HealthShare is founded on the idea that most people truly want to help one another. Healthcare sharing allows members to do just that as a true community that supports one another in times of need. Liberty believes people should make decisions for themselves and their families. Members are able to take back the freedom to make their own decisions about their health care. Freedom from guilt or doubt about how your money is used. You have the freedom to direct your health care, not to be dictated to by bureaucrats. Stop letting others tell you what to do and join a community of like-minded people. Exercise your freedom. Join Liberty HealthShare and take back the control of your health care while helping those around you. Call Liberty at 855-58-LIBERTY. Again, that's 855-58-L-I-B-E-R-T-Y for more information. Or you can check them out at libertyhealthshare.org. Again, that's libertyhealthshare.org. 
My son was in the Army back during Desert Storm, but even then he wanted an MBA. He looked at a dozen schools, but only one offered the online education and flexibility he needed while he was in a tent in Iraq. Grantham University. Turns out that Grantham's been delivering affordable, relevant college and advanced degrees for over 65 years. Heck, if they can deliver a quality education to a soldier in a tent overseas, think about the flexibility Grantham can offer you so you can earn your degree too. It doesn't matter how complicated or full your life is. If getting a degree is on your bucket list, you'll want to do what my son did. You'll want to call Grantham. Find out how easy it is to get started on your education so you can check that college degree off your bucket list. Call Grantham right now. 800-910-1370. That's 800-910-1370. Flexible. Affordable. Relevant. Call 800-910-1370. At St. Jude, a family never sees a bill at all. It's like the world has been lifted off of your shoulders. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Sometimes riders feel lost, unsure why a passage may not be working. It takes another set of eyes to help us nurture our riding into full maturity. At Black Wolf Editorial Services, we strive to enable riders to develop and grow, offering manuscript critiques and line edits through a mentoring editorial style. We also offer assistance on generating a rider's bio for your websites. Black Wolf Editorial Services, nurturing your writing into maturity. For a full list of services, visit blackwolfeditorial.com. The world around us is an amazing place filled with beauty and with science. But let's face it, sometimes the science can be so confusing that it takes a PhD to understand it. Well, you're in luck. I just happen to have a PhD. Come and take a seat. Perhaps I can explain the world around us in a way we all can understand. Welcome to Conversations in Science. I'm Dr. Judy L. Moore. Call me Doc. Hey, guys! And welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Conversations in Science. I am Dr. Judy L. Moore, and as my intro says, I do have a PhD. For those of you who are new to the show, the way it works, I do the best I can to explain science in a way we can all understand without the techno babble. But let's face it, sometimes scientists get a little carried away, and I have somebody to help me. My producer, Jesse Sanders. Where are you, Jess? What's up, Doc? Hey, Jess. It's Jesse's job to make sure that I don't go too overboard with technology because sometimes, yeah, I get a little carried away. But, Jess, I think I you're not going to be wrangling just one of us today. I think I heard our guest snickering when I said, What's up, Doc? <laughs> yeah, you're going to be sign. wrangling two of us today because, yeah, we might get a little techno babble. Let's face it, okay? Oh, don't worry. But we have today, we have with us. K.E. Lenning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for inviting me to your show. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so we're going to call you Karen for this show just because K.E. Lanning sounds a little bit of a mouthful, but that's okay. (laughs) Why don't you tell us what your field of science is, how you got into it, and why don't we go from there? I was going to say, and how you got into putting the science into fiction, Dan Cobalt's book. 
Yeah, oh, exactly. Well, we'll come to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I am a geophysicist, uh, and a geophysicist, basically, um, at least in my part of that field, we use sound waves to image the subsurface of the Earth, which is, you know, about, um, you know, a mile down, or um, I'll let Judy go into the kilometers. But uh, we image the subsurface, and it's somewhat like using an ultrasound to image a baby. And it's very interesting work. Um, I uh, have a physics degree that um, I got in 1979 um, with uh, geology uh, as a basically a minor, and went uh, into uh, looking for uh, helping at energy companies do subsurface mapping. So that's how I got into to the field. Wow. Subsurface mapping. Now that is actually sounds really cool. That, I don't it know about is. you, Jess, but I, I, I just went a bit geeky there. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, so did you find any roads underground? Because maybe we can alleviate the traffic congestion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know that's a silly thing, but it's just like, oh my gosh, you there's, <laughs> no, it's very okay. interesting. Especially yeah. in the Northeast of the United States where I live, it's just, there's so much congestion. I have to admit where I am, I mean, Christchurch, New Zealand, not so much, but Auckland, in terms of that congestion, it honestly, it sometimes it looks like they, the engineers, I mean, yeah, okay, we're going a bit off topic here, but. It, it looks like they just threw spaghetti on the on a map and said that's where we'll put the roads, <laughs> and it's just like oh seriously, so yeah. But no, what applications is besides um, looking at the energy and and some other bits and pieces? What sort of applications is geophysics used in? Well, um, there is as I said for energy um, um, exploration. That's that's sort of my specific area. But, uh, of course, earthquake uh, uh, study is also in the category of geophysics. I was wondering also, if you guys so were busy. You can also use the subsurface mapping to look for faults that could be involved in earthquakes. Were people in your line Ooh. of work involved in the volcano stuff happening out in Hawaii? Um, you know, I, I'm not sure of that because that's basically surface. But they have been doing some, uh, now this is not my area of expertise, but I'm interested in it, in, in using geophysics uh, to predict earthquakes. I know that they've been doing some things out in California to try to look at um faults and potential uh, vibrations that could be precursors to earthquakes. Oh, well, um, <laughs> you're going to want to get in touch with the geo services here in New Zealand for that. Yeah, because... exactly. You guys got some great uh, earthquake down there. <laughs> yeah, we've got some really good ones. And I know that just outside of Wellington, there's this wall that they've been looking at for quite some time because it actually sits on the fault line and you can see the the layers that yeah. go back hundreds of years and they're able to track how this wall has physically moved this cliff wall yeah it it's rock surface obviously and they can measure looking at the different structures and the different type of rock sediment that is there they can identify roughly when was the last time the saint 
the Southern Alpine Fault when that actually went. And we're on a clock. We're sort of all waiting for it to just go in a big way. Exactly. (laughs) Good luck with all that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that has me a little real, you know. Thankfully, I don't live on the Southern Alpine Fault, but yeah, yeah, no. Christchurch had some big ones, and we had faults that came up that we didn't even know existed. So you probably had quite a few, because I know there was a few um, geophysicists and geologists that were <laughs> working at the university at the time that of the big quakes that we had in 2010, 2011, and they were yeah. like kids at the candy store. Okay, <laughs> we yeah. use our equipment. <laughs> <sighs> scientists honestly we love it yeah we get giddy don't we (laughs) and you guys get giddy about some of the most interesting things i mean really i i love it and sometimes i'm just sitting here going okay time out time out (laughs) sometimes okay she started that conversation about your specific field what are you excited about What are some of the things that get you giddy? Well, um, one of the things I really love is being able to look inside of the earth. I mean, that's basically what I'm doing. Um, And to see, uh, I don't know if your audience is familiar with what a uh, topographic map is. And that's on the surface. You can always tell them. What? Yes. You can tell always them. tell them what a topographic well, map is. It's basically where that it shows, you know, that you know, say this, you know, a particular area. That's where a, a mountain is, and then you're going down into a valley. It may show faulting, uh, which is a break in the earth, not necessarily caused by, in fact, rarely caused by earthquakes, but it's where one side is has fallen lower than another side, um, and so. What I do is basically a topographic map that is under the uh, surface. And so I'm basically sort of, as, as I mentioned, it is very similar to an ultrasound. And I'm seeing an image of basically going back into time, really, um, of the Earth. And so that is really cool. Um, I am interested also in sort of um, how energy specifically, and that's one of, you know, that is kind of an area of expertise, how the, uh, and one of my uh, articles actually in the uh, anthology, putting the science in fiction, um, is the, what's the future of energy going to be? And I'm a very big proponent of, uh, and this is somewhat from my physics background, of nuclear fusion, which is not like what we have now uh, is current. But it's something that really um, every uh, month there seems like that they're having uh, breakthroughs. So that's, I'm hoping that uh, we can get away from the fossil fuels and go to nuclear fusion. So that's one of the reasons why I put in that article uh, in the um, anthology. Cool. Okay. So what are the sort of things that you are looking for when you are looking into the earth? Because, I, I mean, you know, I can imagine looking for things like aquifers and, and for water sources, but you're not going to be looking for water sources if you're looking for energy. What are you looking for? 
Well, and, and your comment on water, that would be like a near surface, what they call a near surface uh, seismic studies. <clears throat> what I do, as you mentioned, is deeper. And, and so basically what I look for is structure as in where is the low area, where is the higher area, and where are the faults? Um, and, and basically just do regional mapping. That's really where um, my expertise comes in. Um, I've even worked for uh, companies who do salt mining. And what they are doing is um, <clears throat> subsurface uh, salt mining with using uh, water to uh, basically uh, create a brine. In other words, they're dissolving the salt and pulling the salt out. But what I help them do is look at uh, where the, their uh, caverns are. Because these, these particular salt mines were started back in the 40s. So there's multiple things that I do um, to image the subsurface. Okay. I think I understand that. So um, you're not working with I'm people trying... like archaeologists trying to find artifacts. You're working a lot deeper than they would be looking. Um, Jess, I think I missed the very first part of your question. You you don't work with people like archaeologists trying to image an area to dig up artifacts. You're working yeah, deeper no, than that. No, yeah, that would be more in the category of near surface. And the difference of near surface and what I'm doing is just, <clears throat> excuse me, um, a little bit the way that the uh, sonic waves are sort of set up. Uh, it's just a little bit different, but it's it's basically the same uh, technology. But yeah, I'm looking deeper. Okay. Okay, because I'd read about some of this imaging things underground to try and locate artifacts at an archaeological dig or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that definitely. I know there's, well, but, there's one region of the world that I, I have a bit of, a, I've talked about a bit on my, one of my other shows, and that's the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, because it, people are always wondering what's under there. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure exactly how they're, they're, they're technologically uh, setting up that. Um, but, but yeah, I've heard people trying to do, uh, trying to image uh, areas, you know, like um, um, spots that may have been uh, a tomb or an area where there, there could have been uh, artifacts, as you're saying, so and and trying to find that it's a, it's a little bit different, and uh, and that certainly is not. But it's the I'd same technology with. used exactly. in a different way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a similar type thing, but um, you're more into yeah, the just... earthquakes. Well, I'm more into <laughs> subsurface mapping, as far as Judy's not snickering because that's an area. earthquake sound effect that I've dug up. One time for one of her shows, yeah. that keeps popping up, and she's she's about to slap my hand. I can feel it. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. So I want to come back to a little bit with your that your specialty and you're looking at energy. What I'm trying to understand is how what you're looking for, how does it get used within the energy industry? Well, it's actually changed from what I, when I originally got into the business, you know, we would um, find uh, areas that, uh, you know, like a specific 
what we call a prospect um, and drill a vertical well to hopefully find uh, natural gas. Um, yeah, that of course has changed and now mostly people are doing um, uh, horizontal drilling um, to go directly into the shale, uh, which is what the source is. Uh, which, you know, has some controversies, of course, um, with that. And like I said, I mean, I hope that we get away from the fossil fuels at some point. I mean, I, unfortunately, we can't get away from it and, you know, for until we find a truly legitimate uh, replacement for that. Uh, certainly, renewables uh, take a part of the energy needs, but um, it, it can't do everything, unfortunately. Okay. I think I understand. <laughs> what about you, Jess? Are you, you, I think you getting I'm, understanding here? I think I'm getting it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So you mentioned that one of the articles that you have put into the putting into science, uh, putting the science in fiction, one of them was about the future of energy. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Okay. What sort of energy um, methodologies or energy generation methodologies do we currently have? And what is the one that's looking the most promising? Yeah, I mean, you know, we have, as, as uh, I've said before, you know, the, um, we certainly had fossil fuels, which uh, has been basically, you know, brought us out of the Middle Ages and all that uh, into modern society. But you know, I think we've sort of checked that off the list. Yeah, so, you know, fossil fuels has been, you know, our primary uh, source of energy, you know, since, um, you know, the really the 1800s. And as I mentioned, you know, basically brought us to our modern society. Uh, but, you know, in my opinion, we've sort of, um, especially with the population that we have, we really need to move on and, and get a cleaner burning or a cleaner source of uh, energy. Like I said, something like uh, nuclear fusion. Um, you know, and we have other types of organics, uh, you know, the crop-based type fuels. But, you know, I, I personally think that one that's it's still uh, carbon-based burning. Um, so, and you also take um, land away from uh, food type of crop when you're putting it into energy. So to me, that's probably not the best thing to, to use. Uh, there's uh, biofuels, which uh, are great for utilizing waste. But again, it's, uh, you know, it's still a carbon-based uh, fuel. Uh, as far as, do you have a question? Oh, I was just wondering, what about, um, I mean, in New Zealand, uh, we have a large amount of our power is generated by hydro and yes, wind. That's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's I'm, I'm coming to that. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No worries, no worries. So, so we've got, um, let me just go to that then. Uh, so we have hydropower, which, you know, is, is a great source Uh the only problem is it tends to be uh, area specific where you have uh, something that, or, you know, a river uh, that is 
enough has enough energy to supply basically energy for enough homes to make it worthwhile to either have some sort of a dam. I mean, you do have some issues with um, creating dams, but it is a it is a good power source, and it's actually an ancient power source. What it's about just... the people that say that damming up the river is going to cause problems with fill in the yeah. blank fish, fill in the blank whatever? Exactly. Yeah. And, and I, I really think there's probably, you know, creating dams and, and constructing dams, in my opinion, in the future really needs to take an account of that. And I don't think, you know, back, you know, most of these dams seem to have been started, you know, in the 30s and uh, kind of continued on. But I think a lot of people nowadays are realizing that, and it's not just the the fish and the environment it's it's uh basically what are we doing to the drainage what are we doing to normal deposition so i mean there's a lot of issues and you, know, you, you really one of the things that i am really into and actually i am writing my science fiction which is climate fiction yeah so I really uh, was interested in the uh, human relationship with the earth, which is one is the reason I was uh, wanting to write uh, my climate fiction books, because we really need to start listening to the earth because it's telling us what it needs. And we as humans are not currently uh, listening and we just uh, basically do what we want um, and we're we're not uh, being good stewards of the earth. So that's one of the things, you know, with in energy is a huge portion of that. So it is something that we really need to figure out what what is the energy that we need for the future that will balance what humans need and what the earth needs. I think that makes sense to me. Yep, I'm right there with you. I do have one question though. Okay. How hard was it to write fiction around climate change? How hard was it to make a fictional story around such a, a sensitive topic that can be so polarizing? Well, you know, the, the interesting thing is, is that what I did is I uh, set it in a set the, it's actually a, a trilogy called The Melt, but you really have to have a story you can't just sort of go on about climate change and what might happen. But I created a, a world where um, we had a catastrophic change in climate, and I squeezed the time frame into uh, basically a human lifespan of this melt because I wanted it to be uh, more dramatic. It's not necessarily geologically uh, possible, but it's kind of amazing when you start looking at it. Uh, and so in my world, the, um, both the Arctic and the Antarctic ice caps have melted. Um, and the way I, I logically did it is I changed, I had a catastrophic change of the ocean currents. And so the, I uh, pushed in my book a uh, warm 
current, the Brazilian current, to flow past Antarctica and accelerate the melting. Uh, now, in my books, I, you know, I have uh, a couple of main protagonists, but I was really interested in not just, okay, the, you know, the sea level would rise probably around, you know, plus or minus 300 feet. Wow, that was really... that, that would wipe out a lot. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I, I think I would I, be swimming. I'd need uh, scuba gear. <laughs> Same here, yeah, Duck. Right. I think only the Colorado so, might be above level at that point. Yeah, Waterworld. Here we come. Yeah, I mean, you would lose obviously a lot of your coastal, uh, you know, cities. And so, what I was interested in is what would happen to the world, and this would be the humans on the world, in the political and social chaos that would ensue. So I really went at it, not, okay, it's going to be this much footage here, but more, if you totally upset the uh, political chessboard, what would happen? And particularly on things like human migration. Can you imagine what's happened with the, the politics of just this, you know, fairly minor compared to what the world I'm talking about, the Syrian migration. What if you had so much water that you had entire uh, countries, everybody leaving and going into trying to force their way into another country. So I was interested in it from that standpoint. So Sounds fascinating. Book, yeah. So the first book is called A Spider Sat Beside Her, and it's uh, about someone who is actually in the space station because I wanted to show what the world would be from a bird's eye view. And it's she gets this. Uh, uh, scientists gets caught into the political corruption of people trying to steal other people's <laughs> land. So, okay. and then the, the second book, The Sting of the Bee, is about human migration and homesteading on the now bare Antarctica. So, those are two of the types of things, and and the political, uh, social. Uh, intrigue of, of that event as well. Uh, but the common thread is the you know, human relationship with the earth, which I really think we need to start understanding and um, trying to control things like population growth uh, because it, you know, there's many, many things that that affects, uh, even, even climate change, just the number of that we have, regardless of what kind of energy that you've got, there's many other things that we affect. So that yeah, was, I, I, I suppose that's actually a good way of, of, of making it so the focus is not about the climate change, exactly but more about the story. And because that is obviously a concern that some people are going to have. All right, let's come back to some of the energy solutions that we have. Sure. You've spoken quite a bit about the fusion, nu um, nuclear fusion. Why do you think that's a good nuclear option? Nuclear fusion, yes. Yeah. 
Well, because um, and 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 the other thing is is uh, I do I am a proponent of solar and wind and renewables. I my feeling of that is that not so much as fields of uh, solar panels or turbines, but more that every human uh, you know man made object uh, should basically have some type of renewable in it, you know, particularly our buildings. There's a lot of different things that I think that we could uh, get to, and we are doing, but uh, that we can get to. So I think that renewables should always be a part of, you know, whatever solution that we end up with. Um, the reason that, you know, one thing that the renewables are still not... Uh, really a magnitude enough to run things like uh, our industry. I think that, I mean, it'd be great if we could get to that point, but uh, one, they're intermittent. So a, a solution uh, for basically unlimited energy would be something like nuclear fusion. Now, fusion is just the opposite of fission and fission is what we currently have as far as power plant. Um, and the problem with fission, uh, besides some potential of um, you know meltdown or, or or whatever on on that part, but even even if we could control that, you still have uh, uh, nuclear waste, and that particular nuclear waste. Uh, is literally thousands to tens of thousands of years before it's safe. Whereas nuclear fusion uh, is where you're fusing two hydrogen atoms and you're creating helium, um, and but you're releasing energy in that process. But it's difficult to get to the pressures and temperatures that you need uh, to keep it the process actually running. And nuclear fusion is how our sun works. Uh, but it's just on tr trying to create the atmosphere to fuse these atoms on a consistent basis is just tricky. Uh, but we are making, you know, I really, that's something I keep track of. Um, and it's pretty amazing. There's a lot of both government and now even private industry are trying to come up with um, uh, like a prototype of, uh, that we can really go into the next generation uh, and create power plants based on fusion power. Uh, and there's basically um, no um, you know bad it's the word I want um, you know emissions. From that, and what slight uh, some of the neutrons that are um, as a come as a result of the fusion, you get a little bit of uh, radioactivity in the walls of the uh, reactor, but it's literally like a 50-year um, uh, half-life on those. So. It's it's really a game changer if we could get to that point. It's it's literally a, a Prometheus moment. And um, the other thing we have yeah, to I, I, can we go back to earthquakes for a minute? 
<laughs> sure. There was just a 7.0 in Caracas, Venezuela. Oh, my goodness. Now, okay. Just now? Yes. Oh, wow. I It just came Whoa. across my phone. Judy can tell you I subscribe to more news services than is probably healthy. <laughs> but, wow. okay. Wow. Well, I hope no one was hurt. It was a 7.0. Unfortunately, no. That's a pretty, a that's a pretty big pretty one. Big. Yeah. Ow. Now, okay. With a region like that that's known to have the earthquakes and has had several, would you guys be able to go in and try and see if there's some kind of way to relieve the pressure with those plates or do something to stop someplace like that from having earthquakes? And I know this isn't normally a breaking news show. Well, but... um, I mean, earthquake. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's not... not... Earthquake science is not my area of expertise, but I have heard of scientists uh, theorizing that um, creating small-scale earthquakes, if that would be possible, uh, to to slowly relieve the uh, pressures that are developing uh, underground might be a way to sort of mitigate some of the larger quakes but you know that's that's literally technology that's i don't know down definitely down the road they do they do not have that as yet i mean that's that's huge as far as um manipulating the uh, subsurface of the earth so that is future technology yes i would say that that would that would basic that would be definitely in the future technology basket Okay, I was just wondering because I've seen all these, you know, there's been a number of earthquakes in that region lately and it was just, can we warn people, are are we, you know, I know like I said it's not your area of expertise, but do you think there will, will be a time where we at least have a warning system for them like we do with tornadoes and hurricanes? I would, I think there's, that's, uh, it's still future technology, but they are definitely working on that in California uh, and, and other places. But that's what, where I've read that they are trying to have these constant sensors that they're putting in the ground to see if they can get first warning of some small scale um, vibrations that are under the ground that may be precursors to the larger quake. Um, but they don't have, it's just on the very cutting edge of that type of technology. Wow. Okay. <laughs> like I said, sorry to drop current events into they... the middle of this, but it just seemed relevant. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Well, we were talking to a geophysicist. Hey, you know, <laughs> it seemed to find out. Now I do have another one. You, Another one, and this goes back to an episode we did previously, Doc. Plastic roads. Oh, yes. Do you think... Um, okay. Do, I'll let you explain it because you know way more than yeah. I, I do. <laughs> yeah. So basically, um, a, a couple of the episodes that we've done in the past about on conversation science, about climate change and environmental sort of things, one of them was... <laughs> climate change is real guys the science is there um no fake science over here it's all real um and just sort of explaining what some of the the numbers really mean and what they explain but some of the things of, of the episodes that we've talked about is some of the strategies 
that people have come up with to deal with environmental issues as well as climate change and, and some of these other issues. And obviously energy is, is one of the um, concerns that there are, but some of the other concerns that have come through are about the amount of plastics that we have. And there's a group in Netherlands that is actually developing their, I'm not, I haven't seen much about where they're sitting at lately, but they are looking at taking plastic, plastic that's already made. They don't want to make, it was one of their mandates to say they don't want to make more. They just want to accumulate out of the landfill and out of the oceans. And so there's multiple stages to their project, but they're taking that plastic and turning it into roads, mm, roads and channel. And the, the idea behind this is that instead of using all the asphalt with tar and rock that we have, and you have to constantly deal with that sort of thing. It's the two megastars summer mashup, the awesome iPhone on the Rockstar Metro PCS network. Get the iPhone you've always wanted for zero dollars so you can jam without limits. It's a hit. Get an iPhone SE on us when you switch. Metro PCS. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax and $10 activation fee. Requires port of number not currently active on T-Mobile Network or on Metro PCS in past 90 days to an unlimited LTE plan. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Most writers and radio show hosts know that to connect with your fans, you need to do more than just write books or record the latest podcasts. There are many different elements that go into forming an online platform, but there are also many hidden traps. To make matters worse, solid advice on how to survive the muddy waters is scarce. In the book Hidden Traps, I talk about some of the important issues working with an online platform, highlighting traps that could put your physical or internet security at risk, or be harmful to your reputation. Are your social media posts just links with a few disjointed words making you look like someone who can't complete a sentence? Did your new website cost you more than you anticipated? Are you leaking your personal contact details across the web without even knowing it? Then you need Hidden Traps. Hidden Traps is now available in paperback and ebook from a variety of retailers, including Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo. Visit blackwolfpublications.com for more details. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just text FINANCE, F-I-N-A-N-C-E, to 357-911 right now to get started. That's FINANCE, F-I-N-A-N-C-E, to 357-911. Auto financing the easy way. Text FINANCE to 357-911. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com.
Everyone loves liberty. Our rights come from God, not the government. So why are you letting other people tell you what's best for your health care? Exercise your freedom with Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is a community of people who voluntarily share one another's medical costs. Liberty HealthShare is founded on the idea that most people truly want to help one another. Healthcare sharing allows members to do just that as a true community that supports one another in times of need. Liberty believes people should make decisions for themselves and their families. Members are able to take back the freedom to make their own decisions about their health care. Freedom from guilt or doubt about how your money is used. You have the the freedom to direct your health care not to be dictated to by bureaucrats. Stop letting others tell you what to do and join a community of like-minded people. Exercise your freedom. Join Liberty HealthShare and take back the control of your health care while helping those around you. Call Liberty at 855-58-LIBERTY. Again, that's 855-58-L-I-B-E-R-T-Y for more information or you can check them out at libertyhealthshare.org. Again, that's libertyhealthshare.org. My son was in the army back during Desert Storm. But even then, he wanted an MBA. He looked at a dozen schools, but only one offered the online education and flexibility he needed while he was in a tent in Iraq. Grantham University. Turns out that Grantham's been delivering affordable, relevant college and advanced degrees for over 65 years. Heck, if they can deliver a quality education to a soldier in a tent overseas, think about the flexibility Grantham can offer you so you can earn your degree, too. It doesn't matter how complicated or full your life is. If getting a degree is on your bucket list, you'll want to do what my son did. You'll want to call Grantham. Find out how easy it is to get started on your education so you can check that college degree off your bucket list. Call Grantham right now. 800-910-1370. That's 800-910-1370. Flexible. Affordable. Relevant. Call 800-910-1370. At St. Jude, a family never sees a bill at all. It's like the world has been lifted off of your shoulders. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures. Saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Sometimes riders feel lost, unsure why a passage may not be working. It takes another set of eyes to help us nurture our riding into full maturity. At Black Wolf Editorial Services, we strive to enable riders to develop and grow, offering manuscript critiques and line edits through a mentoring editorial style. We also offer assistance on generating a rider's bio for your websites. Black Wolf Editorial Services, nurturing your riding into maturity. For a full list of services, visit blackwolfeditorial.com. Um, instead of dealing with all that, comp- you know, dealing with the asphalt and rocks and tar and, and that sort of stuff, you have basically these plastic channels. So if you need to replace a rolling section, you literally just pick up that plastic channel, put a new one in place and off you go. And they're actually quite, I think it's awesome technology. My question, I suppose, which is probably the question that Jess probably got is, what do you think about technologies like that? Um, well, I would say that, that again, that's not my expertise. I have uh, what I, it's an interesting idea. Um, what I don't know is, you know, uh, you've got extreme temperatures, uh, potentially on roads. Um, and obviously if you had a crack in the road, that could be quite dangerous, uh, with somebody driving over it. Um, I did see, I think, a program similar, and they had, they were using it in parking lots, uh, and not on, or 
I don't remember them using it uh, actually on a, something surface you might drive on. So I mean, it certainly is a is a good source of um, uh, being able to reuse something um, that is uh, what being way too uh, used way too much as trash and uh, thrown out obviously into the oceans and landfills and all that. I mean, it's totally ridiculous that we can't find. Uh, good sources to recycle these things that we're using, especially plastics, which could should be able to be reused. Yeah. Uh, so it's a, certainly an interesting idea. You know, back to um, not trying to talk about my books anymore or, or more, but... Well, well, I was actually going to go back to the books very well, shortly anyway, well, so why not just do that now? <laughs> well, what, what, one of the things, because, you know, whenever you uh, create a road... Um, you're actually sort of, you know, tearing up the earth. And so the, on the Antarctica, I have now, the, the technology is not quite there yet, but I have uh, most of the vehicles are hovercraft. So you don't even have to have uh, actually roads because I thought, well, you know, how would I want to have uh, people traveling um, particularly on something that you may have some permafrost and some other issues where you're not tearing up the road, tearing up the, the earth. So, you know, there, I think that, you know, we, you definitely, as you go into the, you know, thinking about the future is that one, how can we least impact the earth um, and, and really think outside the box. Uh, you know, and I mean, I must admit Elon Musk is pretty cool with some of the things that he does as far as thinking outside the box. So, you know, I mean, we really, really need to um, consider uh, a light footprint and have that as a part of our technology of going into the future. Okay. Now let's just come to, because both of us are contributors to putting the science in fiction. What are your chapters in the book? Yeah. So I'm in uh, part six, the earth and other planets section. And my two specific articles are uh, the future of energy and imagining climate change. Uh, the imagining climate change is actually focuses on uh, climate fiction and sort of where it came from and, um, you know, different uh, authors and, and uh, sort of why it's, it's becoming even more so, uh, I think, because of people's angst about the future and uh, climate change. Uh, it's becoming more of a genre that people are, are interested in. Yeah, and then of course the future of energy. You're you're talking about some of the different energy right. sources. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's basically you know what what we were discussing before is just you know the different energy sources that are available and what we might be um, uh, doing in the future. Okay, I think that I, think I got that one more question. Cool. I got one more. Okay, you ask. Other. <laughs> Other than your two chapters, what's, what chapter are you most looking forward to read in the book? Um, you know, there's some real interesting um, um, sort of psychological um, chapters in there. Uh, there's, you know, different medical fields, engineering, biology. There's some really good stuff in the book. So I, I definitely encourage people to uh, get a copy of it. 
Oh, definitely. I mean, stuff my chapters. I don't care about my chapters. I want it for everyone else's chapters. They are. <laughs> yeah. I think I've seen there's chapters about entomology. There was marine biology. Yeah. There are so many different and it's such a wide, vast amount yeah. of topics. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. And I don't know about you, but I'm sitting there thinking this is going to be one of those books that it doesn't matter what genre you write. In fact, it doesn't even matter if you're a writer or not. If you just see fiction and you like, you know, TV or movie and you're going, no, that's not right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I think you'll actually like this book because this book is just experts in their fields going where fiction gets it wrong or where they might get it right because you know I do know that sometimes fiction does get it right (laughs) yeah I mean it is amazing you'll see both something that and and it's it's really nice when a a writer of either you know a, a book or a tv show or a movie actually does the the research you can tell they actually care about uh, uh, making it realistic, and then you'll see other ones. You go, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes you really do. You sometimes you look at it and you go, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, definitely not. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, sorry, I doc, think but I had to ask. Really yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And what was it? We just got the announcement, I think it was yesterday or maybe the day before, of that sample chapters have now been made public. So All right. you know, there, there's a couple of links. I think I've, I've put out onto my own personal feeds the link to where these sample chapters are. Because I don't think they've put I don't think they've put the sample chapters yet up, up up on Amazon. I don't think you can go into Amazon just yet and get the sample chapters. Yeah, but, I'm not sure. Yeah, I know they have it on pre-order, but I don't know whether they have the sample chapters up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if those sample chapters are there, but yeah, I noticed. I, I've put out the links on my own personal feeds about the yeah. chapters and, and it's just like, guys, you gotta look at this. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, Jess, do you have any other questions? No, I think I'm fresh out of questions and breaking news announcements today. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Okay. Right. Erin, do you have any, is there anything that you wanted to say that we haven't asked? Besides your um, social media stuff, because we'll come to that shortly. Yeah. No, I think that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, uh, hopefully it'll be entertaining for the your uh, audience. Oh, I'm sure it will be, especially the breaking news announcement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So, if people have any questions about... Oh, shush with that cow. If people have any questions about geophysics or your books or anything else for that matter, how do they get hold of you? Yes, so the easiest way is probably just go to my uh, webpage, which is kelanning.com. That's K-E-L-A-N-N-I-N-G.com. And I've got all my social media right there. So you can just jump on uh, you know, any of my Facebook or uh, Twitter and all that. Yeah, I just kind of have the uh, descriptions of the books and stuff like that. Uh, and I have links to some of the um, uh, Dan Kobold, uh web 
web pages that go into these things. And of course, you know, we've got the, I don't actually have the uh, link as yet put up to the putting the science and fiction, but I will be putting that on my website as well. Yep. And I'm looking at our website right now and it's really awesome guys. It just go and take a look. Just oh, thank you. Information there. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jess, we might be on a bit on the shorter side of our episodes, but I think that's okay. Don't you? Yeah, uh, unless okay. you want me to start throwing sound effects just to make you two yell at me. <laughs> I've got a few more. Save oh, me goodness. now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Just... Oh. <laughs> Honestly, can't take her anywhere. Okay. Oh, Karen, one thing you survived the episode without triggering my warning you didn't explain something sound effect oh good good excellent <laughs> yeah she's used it on me a few times but it's like oh, yes, yeah. i was getting there i was getting there oh. <laughs> all right it's been awesome having you on the show and thank you so much for reaching out meanwhile jess i think that's it from us all right. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of Conversations in Science. If that wasn't enough of a science jolt for you, well, you can catch old episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, and a whole range of other popular podcast locations. In the meantime, if you have a question about science and just want to know a little bit more, feel free to contact us at the station, and that's at science at klrnradio.com. Alternatively, you can contact me on Twitter, and that's at Judy L. Moore, or you can find me on Facebook, and that's Judy L. Moore, or you can drop me a line through my personal website, which is judylmore.com. I think you can see the pattern here. Meanwhile, my cohort over here... For anyone wanting to track me down, they can follow me on Twitter at Radio Host Jesse, or they can email me at the station at jesse at klrnradio.com. And they can always check out the books and authors I talk to at jessiescoffeeshop.com. Bye! Bye, guys!